Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We're in episode two. Chris, what's going on? Happy New Year, man. What's happening? Happy New Year to you and everybody. Yes, sir. You have any? Uh, do you have any plans? You have anything going on? Um. Well, I I had two weeks off, and now I'm having anxiety because I have to go back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the time you all hear this, I will be working again. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Did you get some nice stuff for Christmas? I did. Um. We usually don't exchange too much anymore, just because everybody's everybody's older. But we still had fun and got to eat a lot of food. I think I. I think I gained a little bit too much weight. Yeah, you and me both. You and yeah. Me both. So let's jump right into it. Yeah. What do you got, got for question. me today? I got a question for you. Uh-oh. I got I a see question it. for you. I, I see a light bulb again. Oh, man. What do you got? Okay, so you know a lot of stuff that I talk about, I get straight off of Facebook because <laughs> I, I love looking at these things on Facebook and seeing mm-hmm. what everybody's talking about. Yep. And right now, everybody is anxious anxious to get into TSI okay timber stand improvement stuff mm-hmm. now me personally I don't have a lot of uh, of my own property I just have three acres here at the house and my destination plots are mostly fields with mm-hmm. woods around that someone else owns yep. but I know um, we could talk about like the property that you and I worked on for the, yep. for the last three years and what property that you have now um, in the area that you was leasing now, let's start on that one. Uh, what techniques, what is, do you, did you use TSI on this new property that you, you uh, had leased this past year? We did. Um, timber stand improvement. It, it's, it's a good technique to use virtually on any property. If it, if it needs it, each property is going to be different, but on our new property, um, we did use some now, when you start getting into lease properties, it's a touchy subject with the landowner because you right. don't, you know, it's his timber, you know, so yeah. you gotta, you gotta verify that, you know, with, with the landowner to make sure that you can do some. So we did, and I did do some cutting. I basically took out some bigger, it was this base, it was this ridge top, and I wanted to create this ridge top into a, you know, bedding area, add some more cover in there. And it, the way that it just flowed through the property, it was a perfect area to do some TSI in. Now, basically, I took out some larger beech trees because they just, you know, they were just huge trees. They shaded out everything. We took out some uh, some old maples and a few other different trees. And within that, I cut the larger trees down first, and then I was able to actually hinge cut some other trees. Which, you know, hinge cutting can be this whole different thing. Uh, it's not used. It can't be used really everywhere. It just really depends what type of timber that you actually have. Yeah, some species um, are better for than others. They are. To, to be cut and trying to hinge. Yep. I mean, you can hinge cut a lot of different trees. I mean, you can do maples. You can do oaks and hickory. There's all kinds of different trees that you can hinge cut. Now, the whole key with that is, obviously, if you hinge cut a tree... If it doesn't get sun, it's going to die. Yeah, you have to have enough. Yes. 
of the of the forest open above you mm-hmm. to get light down because depending on what you're doing the hinges for mm-hmm. uh if you're doing it for a transition zone that doesn't really matter yeah um if you're doing it for food purposes you need that light to be able to shine and you need the hinge to stay connected mm-hmm. so that the light hits that and then you get the fresh sprouts up for food Correct. yeah plus you got the okay, gotcha. you know, the, the tops you know the yes. tops the buds because springtime they'll bud out and the deer will you put a trail camera on them on them treetops and your your trail camera is going to blow up yeah, yeah um sure. but yeah so we did a lot of that and that's the reason we took out those larger trees to be able to get some sunlight down in there to feed you know mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. uh the hinge cuts now is that your favorite technique to use or was that just the instance that you had to that you was dealt with and needed to address my favorite technique as far as hinge cutting or or like in your TSI, is that your favorite thing? I know you bought a habitat hook and you'd like to use that for hinging and things. Yeah. So I, I don't use a lot of hinges really. I mean, it just really depends on the type of timber that I have, you know, the smaller diameter uh, trees. Yeah. Um, I do plan on going back in there um, in the next month or so and doing more hinge cutting and more actually, you know, cutting the whole tree down. Okay. Now I did, <clears throat> I want to talk talk about that real quick is uh select cuts because i actually went to a client last week and i actually posted a video about it today on youtube but um i went to his property and they actually had a previous uh land consultant come out to that property and it was a solid 40 acre chunk basically in the square all surrounded by woods everywhere all connected big chunk of woods and the consultant came out and they wrote him a plan to select cut the woods okay that's all they did was select cut the woods did they tell him which species to cut or they just they he hired he told him to hire a forester and let the forester you know take over and you know take the markable timber timber or whatever and that's all they needed to do to improve Mm -hmm. their property that's it they did lay out some tree stands for them but that was it so i guess this was two years ago so I guess they were kind of unhappy with the results and they sent me an email uh, a couple months back and, and wanted me to come out. So I looked it over and he gave me all the information on it and I was like, yeah, I can, I can help you out. So I went out and like I said, they select cut the entire property and it was pretty heavy on the select cut. But within that, what the lander was telling me was that, yeah, there's tree sand set up, but how to how the heck do you kill the deer because right. how do you hunt something that's just has been demolished yeah it's been demolished i mean yeah you're going to attract a lot of deer in there but where where are they at yep. they're going to yep. be everywhere yep go steering so, through yep so which in turn led them to trying to maneuver around their property and just spooking deer out because yeah. they weren't in certain areas they were everywhere right so what they should have did was take a chunk of that a 20 acre 15 acre patch 10 acres or do like smaller patches five ten acres and select cut that to create strategic areas that has more cover then transition into some food plots so you can have some definition of movement to you mm-hmm. so you can actually bow hunt because if yeah. you have a solid chunk of woods that's you know select cut how do you bow hunt it Right. I mean, yeah, you can set up and a deer walks, but you get lucky. Yeah. 
But where were they? Where were they headed? Did he have any ag around him? Was there any plots outside of his property? Or? No, there was. Uh, there was bigger woods that it was connected to, but his neighbor, like I don't know, I think it was about three quarters of a mile away, actually did food plots. Okay. So he said what was happening was the deer were on his property, feeding on the woody browse in the fall and winter, and then they would actually transition out to his neighbor's food plot. Which makes sense because, you know, when you're, when a deer or even us, you know, when we eat hard to digest food, we need something to wash it down. Yeah. So they're eating all this woody browse all day and then they go out to the food plot to, to get green. Yep. And I was explaining to them, you know, and even in the spring and summer, you know, people think that deer like to drink water, you know, well they do, but they get most of their moisture content through green food. Well, I just did a video yesterday and it's going to be put out here in a couple of days by the time this comes out it, the video will be out already but i just i made a big point about um the the vegetation is 80 percent water yes yeah. and and 20 almost 20 percent carbon and some other things mm -hmm. um so those the vegetation is full of moisture and mm -hmm. that's where the deer get their moisture yes. until they get so thirsty they get to a creek or a river or a puddle you know but the majority of the time like you said after they eat their five six times a day you know four or five pounds of food they've mm -hmm. got to get some of that green in them to be able to digest this and chew their cud and all the things that they do you know it's interesting i always thought it was four to five pounds of food per day but now there's new, I saw some new research or whatever, but I, it depends on how much the deer weighs. But now they're saying it could be up to like eight pounds, I, I saw. I believe which, it. I mean, look you know, at these deer up in Wisconsin that weigh 300 yeah. pounds. <laughs> yeah. They got to sustain somehow. They, I mean, they eat, they eat all day long. You know, they pack it in. They're browsing animals. So every they, time they're, they pack it in. Every time they're walking around traveling, they're, they're nibbling on stuff. Yep. Yep. So like this time of year is a good time to, to do this type of work um, because you're going to be knocking down these tops with mm -hmm. the buds on them. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the, the leftover things behind the deer are going to be eating like crazy, especially with this, this uh, the lack of acorns this year that we had um, that deep freeze that we just had may have killed off a lot of plots. That's part of my video coming out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so do you, uh, do you, do you do any of this girdling or hacking squirts or any of this type of thing? I do. Um, remember, well, you, you hunted with me at the old farm, um, that food plot we made in the woods. Mm -hmm. I actually went around that food plot and girdled the trees. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't, I, I hack and squirt them, yeah. um, which you can make the point that they're the same, but um, I hack and squirted them because we there was already trees that we took down and you know moved to the side so i didn't yes. want to cut more down and then i just have a mess yeah so basically i just went around that food plot and hack and squirted some trees just to get mm -hmm. some extra sunlight and you know that work we put into that plot it turned yeah. out great yeah it did and i and i incorporated a little bit of that here on my home property yeah i, I uh so i did, did girdle, some... i girdled some trees and i squirted them yeah. Uh, and then I tried to do some hack and squirt, which on bigger trees doesn't work real well. I find that it works better on trees like, you know, yay big. Yeah. Hack and you squirt know. works really good on smaller diameter. The mm -hmm. bigger trees, if you girdle it, um, it works really it well. There. Yeah. And you, and you can 
spraying around that girdle. I even tried a little experiment where I took a drill bit, big mm -hmm. three inch drill bit, and b drilled it down on a forty-five, yeah. and yep. I filled that up with gly, which probably wasn't the best thing to spray it with, but I tried it. You know, just and it, yeah. and it worked to a point. I mm -hmm. guess tore it on and things like that is better for that type thing. But yeah, I've been working. I've been using um, RTU, which is okay. just ready to. It's a mix of herbicides in there, and it's yeah. just it comes pre-mixed, and it works really good. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, TSI. Like I said, you know, it's a it's a great technique, and now's the time to do it between yeah. December, January, February, and even March in some areas. Get that down. Yeah, the, I like. I'm get sorry. The sunlight open. Get the just yeah. get, you know, get that sunlight open now, so you have that flush of uh, green in the spring. I like what some of the guys are talking about. Um, holding off on cutting some of their maples like towards April. Mm -hmm. you know like like march april time because that's when the tree is trying to really flush and get its nutrients up there and get the leaves started mm -hmm. and they say when you cut these maples down at that point you get all those fresh sprouts coming off that stump and it's so nutrient rich yeah and the deer just love that and mm -hmm. i thought that was a pretty cool idea well we pretty did cool. at the, the old farm and they yeah. they tore it up they tear that stuff up for, yeah. sure, for sure so now now yep. that we got that covered i got a question for you okay because this has been uh we briefly mentioned this about a month ago or something and even though i'm a you know, i'm a non-resident pa hunter you know everybody can hate me i'm a non-resident pa hunter <laughs> but the tag system sucks in pa i think <laughs> and you got some you've read some information or the game commission is talking about it about where the, you're going yeah about <laughs> this this pink envelope change so yep. what, what have you heard and well do you, do you like it or hate it um i have mixed emotions about it because i'm afraid this is my opinion now, i'm afraid that it might be a little lopsided and let me explain um the pink envelope thing um they you would have to send for your one tag one week and mm -hmm. wait about three more weeks or so and then you could send for your second one and that kind of made it a fair playing field i think mm -hmm. now if they do away with the envelope system they're talking about sort of treating it like some of the other states like yours yourself in maryland like you yeah. said you can you get so many tags right over the counter when you purchase your license yeah Boom, when you buy there you go how many tags do you get dave when you buy your license um in maryland you get one buck tag, and depending on what county you're in, unlimited doe tags. Unlimited. Yeah, unlimited. See, now, in the area I am in, I can only possess up to three doe tags. Mm -hmm. And if I use a doe tag, and if the county seat, the courthouse, has any left over, I can apply for another one to replace that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the way it was working, but it was it was just a system with this envelope thing that people were just not in favor of, and they want it to be like other states. Yeah. Now, um, I think that it might operate in an instance where when you purchase your license, like I said, this is my opinion. I, I haven't really heard anything concrete yet. They're still voting on all this. But we do know the pink envelopes are going away. They just haven't figured out how they're going to do it. And I was thinking if they uh, if they if you went and bought your tag and I'm hoping they give you one doe tag right away. And I'm thinking what they might do is have the dates still 
where you would apply on a certain date. Mm-hmm. But the only problem with that is, and this is what I'm afraid of, if you can get online and just purchase a bundle of them that night, yeah. you're going to have guys staying up till midnight waiting for the 1201 to roll over and they're going to have their credit card in hand mm-hmm. and you know buy a bundle of them. And if everybody does that, it's going to really lopside the system, I think. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of people upset because they won't be able to get a doe tag. And that, that's just kind of how I feel about it. I, that's just how – that's my opinion what I think they're going to do. Now, when you say – Not sure. You say if people can get a toe tag, it's because they only allocate so many per per yeah. zone. Per zone, yeah. yeah. Yep. They they vote on that every year according to what last year's harvest was. Right. And they figure how many doe they got to take out, and that's how many they allocate. And – a lot of times, uh, the first round, some of these zones sell out in the first yeah, round. Right. Uh, the the round or the uh, the zone I'm in usually the second round. It's it's done, and I end up having if I want a third tag, I usually get a different zone tag, which I did this past year. I got two in my zone, which is two F, and mm-hmm. I purchased a two D one in another zone. So that was my three tags that I could possess. Right. And uh, I don't need any more than that. That's plenty. But other people, you know, I'm I'm not judging how many they get, but uh, I'm just wondering and everybody else in PA is wondering how they're going to do this because they don't have a clear plan ironed out yet. Well, they usually come out with what, like the like the new regulations in what, like June or something? Yeah, they they'll they'll have all kind of meetings through like the like, winter uh, march and april yeah and then it'll be nailed down by about end of may and june or so and uh it's it's i'm kind of worried about it i don't know it might be a total a total bad thing i'm i'm in favor of it well i hope it works like maryland yeah, did. yeah. if it's it only- works like maryland i think it'll be okay Right. If you buy your license and they give everybody two or whatever, you know, right. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Just because you have two don't mean you have to use them. Correct. You know, people think they have a tag. They have to use it. You don't have to use it. Oh, we see those arguments every year. I know. Every year. That's what made me think of it. They don't believe in shooting does and you're a bad guy because you're, you're killing off mama doe. That's next year's bucks. And yeah, there's arguments for all that. Yeah. I mean, if you're a private private landowner it's obviously it's up to you you need to evaluate the you know the herd in your area and make that decision if you need to shoot you know a doe or something yeah i made a video about that before too but you know how many doe do you need to take and things Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's all personal preference and up to your representatives to allocate those tags i mean they that's why it's so important to report your your harvests Mm -hmm. you know they they do those studies and uh it's important just to turn them in yeah for years there they let you skip them and there was no repercussions but now they're cracking down on that a little bit well i know the the old property i used to hunt here in in baltimore county um that was i believe Back then, it was maybe 30 tags, 30 doe tags you could use. And we, I used to hunt it with a friend of mine, and we would shoot 10, 10 does a piece just because mm-hmm. the property backed up to a state park, and there was so many deer in there. I mean, there was no food. I mean, it was a typical 
state park property where you could stand on the ground and <laughs> see 300 yards through the woods. Right. Um, and there was just so many deer. So we're slinging arrows. We're killing deer left and right. And at the, at, after a couple of years, I'm like, I'm, I'm blowing a lot of money on arrows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it got to a point cause we were, we have, we could donate here in Maryland mm, yep, yep. and uh, we just take it to a butcher and they, and they donate Well, the butcher shop started getting so many donations that they were just getting annoyed because yeah. when they get this donation, they're butchering this deer for free. See here, you know, there's places that'll take them, but you have to pay to, right. well, to, me to have them butchered. Yeah. 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 We do. We, Dave and I donated some deer together from the property we did. that we used to yeah. hunt. And for, uh, we did that we, like two, three years ago. Yeah. We, we donated a couple of deer, but we still, we had to pay to, for them to take them. Mm -hmm. and to give them away you yeah. know, we had to pay to give them away yeah but that was okay we needed yeah. to to, at, to get some of those does out of there at first i was like what the heck we gotta pay it's not a donation then yeah it's not but but it is, yeah, what it is. it's it's a good cause it's yeah good it is cause. yeah they gotta get the butcher shop's gotta make money so they gotta speaking of the old property uh -oh. let's, let's transition yep <laughs> Our trespassing videos from that property took off like wildfire. Yeah. And so people yep. people love this this topic. Yeah. <laughs> you start. <laughs> yeah, we we did talk about this before we went live here. Um and we were gonna talk about this because it, it's just a it's a very <laughs> it's a very touchy so, uh subject. So oh, yeah. Um me and you hunted this property for what, four years? together five three well four? almost four yeah the very first year i had we had this guy come in we called him the trash bag thief <laughs> because he came in wearing a trash bag yeah and and we're also going to talk about some you know ways how to prevent this if we have some if we have time but um he came in with a trash bag and a hammer wearing a satchel and he came through and busted a solar panel that was protecting soybeans. He cut the fence, stole a bunch of trail cameras, and he got away with it. I had cell cams there, and I, I saw it. I'm like, "What the heck?" I'm like, "I'm like, send it to you, freaking out." Yeah, he he sent this stuff to me, freaking out, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Because yeah. we 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 joke on each other a lot. We send yeah. stupid stuff back and forth on Messenger, and I'm like, "Are you are you serious?" Yeah. And he started sending me pictures, and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me." Yep. So, I mean, I've hunted, a, I've been hunting for 25 years. I've never had anything like this ever happen. So long story short, I rebounded from that and I did put a video out on Facebook about it and it went nuts. I mean, it, it took off the neighbors found out, saw it on Facebook. They were contacting me and it just went crazy. But then you caught the dude in the spring too. Remember turkey hunting? Yes, but me and TJ, if you weren't there, but me and TJ yeah, had a trespasser as well. Yep. We yep. were sitting in a ground blind, and we had another guy. Just He walked 20 yards from the ground blind, and T, I was sleeping. And TJ, <laughs> TJ like bumped me. He's like, hey, man, there's a trespasser. I saw him, and um, I like jumped out of the blind. And I said, TJ, grab your grab your gun, and we, and we walked up on the guy, and he was just – hunting the property i said hey man like this is you know private property do you just leisurely walk on other people's land and uh it was just it was really weird so 
And then we had a guy in the spring, like you said, yeah. the guy was, uh, it was an adult hunting on youth day by himself. Yeah. On youth day. Yep. So then, this- then we had the guy, remember when I shot the doe across the field out of the, out of the blind and there was that big blood spot in the snow. Yes. yes remember yes. that guy was standing. I yes. think it was Flintlock season. Flintlock. Yep. You know, it was, he, he, that, that bloody snow stayed there, that stain. And he come and you had a picture of him standing over the blood stain looking yes, at I it. Yes, I did. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. Yep. And then, um, I think we made it through that year. The following year, I think we were okay. Well, I don't think we had any issues. Then the yeah. third year. <laughs> Here we go. Got really interesting. <sighs> so we had this, a neighbor. It was a kid sent me a a message on Instagram and said, hey, I know who this trespasser is. I'll tell you who it is. Just leave me out of it. I said, "Okay." So he told me the name of the guy. Well, me and Chris started researching this online and we ended up finding a guy on social media. And that led down a rabbit hole of the neighbors being like cousins or something or relatives and it goes back years too it, it goes back years and the guy was trouble yes the guy was trouble and the neighbor remember the guy way down the street that had the fenced in and had all them signs up there yes that i can't i'm not gonna say his name but no um he was like relatives or something with this guy and then that guy with all with all the fencing and stuff he accused us of yeah. riding four wheelers on his property. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know, what's going on? Like this is I mean, that property was really spooky and, and really yeah. weird. Yeah. Um now the interesting part about this is we ended up finding a guy. Me and you went to the police station and we filed a police report and the officer actually wanted to help because I called the cops many times and they came out to the property. And they didn't do nothing. But the guy me and you found um, was very helpful. And he was like, I'll solve this. And he ended up going to the guy's house. And I'll I'll leave it at that. He went to the guy's house. Yeah. Well, that season, me and you found the two guys carrying buckets into the woods. Yes, yes. And I'm assuming there was corn in there and you can't bait. Yeah, so, because and we they looked, carried buckets in and, and left one of them in the woods. Yes, unless they were just buckets to sit on. I, I don't know, but um, that was right before rifle season. Yeah. So, with long story short, the officer ended up finding them two guys yes, just did. off the trail camera picture. And it was a father and a son. Yep, they, they got identified. They got identified, and the cop went to his house as well. So, that was that. Mm-hmm. The most interesting part about this is the following year, again, me, you, and your father were hunting there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Me and your father were hunting there. Me and your dad was in the, the sad daddy blind. Mm-hmm. You were up on top of the, the ridge o- overlooking, you know, overlooking the drop off there. Yeah. And your father had his gun out the window at some deer in that little, that in, in a kill plot. And... The deer, there was a couple there, and all of a sudden, the deer looked up kind of behind us a little bit. So I'm like, okay, hold off. There might be a buck or something coming. Well, 
I kind of stuck out my head out the window a little bit. And here's this guy, another guy walk, walking through the property with a rifle. I about knocked your dad out of the, out of the blind. I, he's like, Oh my. <laughs> and he's like, he gets out the way. And I like, I like climb down and uh, I run over to the guy and I just was like, dude, like, what is going on, man? Like it's open day of rifle season. You're just walking through my property. Yeah. Why? And, and I, we I had just posted it. Remember we, we posted did. it in purple painted all four sides. Yeah. Which was already posted previous to all this. It was. We went around. We and added we, signs. We yeah. added signs plus the paint because yep. that purple paint law came out. Yep. And um, long story short, I recorded the video of the guy and I posted it on YouTube because I wanted just to make just like, hey, who is this Awareness. guy? Yeah. Awareness of this guy. And if you're going to trespass, like, guess what? You're going on the Internet. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the a TV show actually reached out to us or to me <laughs> yeah and it was a and e and the neighbor the show was called neighborhood wars <laughs> and they said hey we saw your video kind of went like viral on youtube we want to use your footage for our tv show <laughs> i thought it was a scam you know i'd never even heard of neighborhood wars right so um long story short again they sent all this film stuff out to me i had to set it up we had to do like this virtual interview and it was wild. And the show actually aired season two, episode 12, and it landed me and your father on TV. <laughs> yeah, someone texted me and said, hey, do you, was Dave on television? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they was like, well, you better look at this. They said, I think your dad's on TV with Dave. I was like, what? Yep. So, yeah, I, I looked it up. You can actually find it on the internet. Yeah, it's on the internet. <laughs> what a hoot. <laughs> yeah, after that aired, man, I had I had dozens of messages um, from people. They're like, "Hey, man, I saw you on TV, Neighborhood Wars." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't even know who they were," but they were like, <laughs> they would message me and say, "Hey, is this the Dave Richmond that was on Neighborhood Wars?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Like, you're famous. No, nah, I ain't famous. <laughs> but it is funny. I went to a local a local deli by my house like mm -hmm. about three weeks after that aired, and uh, I was sitting there in line getting getting something. And this lady behind the counter, she looked at me, like double looked and was like, she's like, I saw, I saw you on TV. I saw you on TV, Neighborhood Wars. You're that guy on Neighborhood Wars. And I had no idea who this lady was. It's hilarious. So it was a cool experience, but the trespassing, the whole trespassing thing sucks, man. Like, yeah, it's, I've it's, learned. You feel so violated. Yeah, because it's not even so much the... It, I mean, it is the it is dealing with it, but it's a bigger part of you feeling like your time was wasted and your money. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. get money back, you can work more, you get money back, but the time that you put in there, the hour, the hours you drive to do the work and the labor and stuff like that, it's it's ignorant, man. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and there's things you can do, you know, to to kind of you know, eliminate it, but you know, you can put signs up and purple paint and all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, the biggest thing is calling the police and Get, having them deal with it. That and, and word of mouth. Yes. You know, we got the word out and people were willing to help. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's key sometimes because yeah. these folks were trouble. They were, and, they were uh, all they were, trouble. They were causing 
problems for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a cool story. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I see we're near our 30 minute mark, Dave. All right. Well, what do you got going on? You got anything going on this week or weekend? What kind of weather you got? Uh, we've got some decent weather. Um, this weekend, it's going to turn colder. It should be good for the Flintlock guys. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be some scattered snow and things. So. When's that When's that end? I think it's the 26th of January in PA. Okay. If I'm correct. All right. Yep. And I don't have a tag left. Yeah, you're tagged out. It's not a bad thing. It's, uh, it's not a bad thing. I don't yeah. have to freeze. Yeah. Well, the only thing I got going on this week, I got uh, I got three consultant trips Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they continue on. All my stuff starting here, so yep. and then uh, we'll bring some more episodes on about talking about more of the TSI stuff. I'm going to start working on that. So okay, that's about it. All right, folks, thanks for watching. Don't forget to go over and subscribe to our channels. I'm at City Sticker, and that's yep. Whitetail Obsession Outdoors. That's it. And you can find all these podcasts on all the podcast platforms, the audio version and the video version on YouTube. We'll see you guys on the next one. Hey, guys. We'll see you. Later. Stay tuned next week for another episode of the Whitetail Obsession Podcast.